Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. 25 years supplying stylish, durable log cabins, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Lots and lots of text there about that whole issue of uh, of young men and all that. Um, so I'll give you two sides of it, Brendan. My boy thinks Andrew Tate is an a-hole. He's, he's comfortable, as most of his generation are with LGBT rights and gender equality, etc. But boys his generation are assailed all the time about toxic masculinity. 15-year-old boys who think they are the problem and don't hear a single positive voice about young men. That's from Dan. And then on the other hand, uh, another texter says, our 16-year-old son his peers are so offensive when they talk about girls. Yet when we pull them up and talk about it, he admits it's wrong, but says it's just the way we talk. We never spoke in those terms when we were young, even as adults. And a lot of people saying that they would um, they would support Richard's petition. Just w- one quick one from a, a teacher here. Uh, I'll just read you a bit of it. I'm a secondary school teacher. The relationship between boys and girls is deteriorating year by year. Where can we sign Richard's petition? Okay. It was Burns Night during the week and I'm joined on the line now from Glasgow by Chef Chris Sanford to tell us a bit about uh, about Scottish cuisine. Uh, good afternoon, Chris. Brendan, good afternoon. Thanks very much for taking the time to have me on your show. Not at all. Is there such a thing as Scottish cuisine, Chris? Oh, Brendan. Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> we have so many fantastic restaurants here and quality produce, very similar to Ireland. But yes, indeed, there's some phenomenal cuisine here in Scotland. OK, now you're a Scotsman. You did live in Ireland for a long time. So you, you <clears throat> we understand each other. Um, for people who don't know, what is Burns Night? OK, so Robert Burns is a famous son of Scotland and a, a fantastic poet and would write many songs. And a lot of the songs that he would have done, probably the most famous one everybody tends to sing at New Year's is Old Lang Syne. And that's a Robert Burns um, ditty, if you like, and, and world famous. But, but Robert Burns was um, quite a colourful character, let's say. Um, and he predominantly, you know, from Ayrshire, but travelled a lot of places in Glasgow. He had a few drinking holes that he would frequent uh, fairly regularly because he was also uh, a weights and measures uh, um, officer. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he used to go around making sure people weren't shortchanging them from their dram. And, of course, that's very important being Scottish, um, that you you get the the exact (laughs) measure. The interesting fact to that wee story is, Brendan, is my friend actually owns Robert Burns' official drinking beaker. And how cool is that? So when we have a Burns uh, event or anything like that, it's good to celebrate the man and his work because not only is Burns suppers represented here in Scotland, his his birthday is celebrated around the globe. Yeah. So so it's a big night in uh, in Scotland, Burns Night. Did yes. you celebrate this year? Yes, indeed. A fantastic style as well. Some amazing performers singing traditional Scottish Gaelic ditties. And um, a cappella, and then with some fantastic fiddle playing. So, yeah, absolutely. So, now, food-wise, um, I understand the much misunderstood haggis is central to the Burns Night celebrations, and the haggis, haggis. the haggis is addressed. Let me tell you, <laughs> haggis is one of the oldest aphrodisiacs in the world. 
And really, itself, really, it, have you no, scientific no, proof? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. But it does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah. But yes, the the, the address to the haggis. I can recite a little bit if you like. Now it's very hard to understand, equally for me. But I, if you like, I can get you a wee verse of it. Give me a verse. Right, okay, so bringing in the haggis, just to set the scene, okay, usually it's a 1,000 to 2,000 people you're doing a big event for, the lights go down a little bit, the paper starts, the chefs at the entrance, they open the doors and they'll say, ladies and gentlemen, please be upstanding for the haggis. The pipes will start, everybody will start clapping, the chef will come in with a haggis, parade around the room, there'll be a fantastic dress table in the middle of the room with a nice large dram of whiskey there for the chef to put down the, the haggis, everybody will stop then, and then, usually, traditionally, the chef will address the haggis. There's about six verses of this. I do you one. And it starts like this. Fair is your honest sunset face, so great chief in the repugnant race. Abund them all, you tack your place. Pinching tripe fathom. Where will you worthy grace as long as my arm? Now, I have to throw in the last verse because I actually recited this in my wedding, which was, which was fantastic. And it says, your powers mark magnet, you care. And dish out them bill of fare. All Scotland wants no skin can wear. That jumps and lugs. But if you wish her grateful prayer, give her a haggis. Fantastic. I'm sorry I missed it now. And tell me, the actual haggis then, the idea I would have is like that, it's like it's a cousin of our kind of pudding, but a bit more disgusting. No, a bit more actually full of protein, using up all the cut of the beef, which is really, uh, all the cut of the of the lamb, which is really important because as a chef, we want to respect every part of the creature. Yes. So we take the, the hearts, the livers, the kidneys, the lungs, we mince it all up, we add a wee bit of spice, a bit of barley, we boil it, and then we serve it with some meats and tatties, a wee whiskey sauce, something like that. And of course, it's became so international, it's, it's very, 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 now you get venison haggis, which we produce, which is, which is very great. Uh, you get tempura haggis and then you get bonbon haggis. I mean, it really knows no boundaries. And the neeps and tatties then, how, how how are they served? So they're not they're not that complicated. And I've got to remember, this goes back a long, long time. So it's all about an industrial era and, and stodge. So it's about having been fed. <laughs> and a good feed is what they say in Ireland. 24 years there in Ireland. So yeah, they say a good feed. So, so just cream potatoes. So mashed potatoes, lashes of butter and lashes of cream, good bit of salt in there, all the things you're not supposed to have, and the exact same with the turnip. And you just mash them, get them really nice and creamy, and traditionally what we do is in a little ring or a little box or however how you're preparing your haggis, you start with the haggis, then the potato, and then the turnip, and then you have a nice little ring you take off, and the idea, or you present it on your plate with one scoop of it all, and then you take your fork through it and you get the potato, the turnip and the haggis all in the fork. And that's that's really what you want. OK, I think I would be plead, I'd be pleading vegetarianism there and saying just, just neeps and tatties for me, please. There is a vegetarian <laughs> version, would you believe? Listen, we've had a text from an influential listener asking, asking us to ask Chris to say curly whirly would make her day. Curly Wally. Ah, yeah, there you go. You luxuriated in that. Listen, Chris, there was loads more we, we were going to talk about, but I think we took it all up with uh, with the uh, addressing of, of the haggis. Uh, just briefly before you go, you founded something called the Culinary Ability Awards when you were living here in Ireland. Just tell me quickly what it is. Absolutely, Brendan. So I'm very proud and honoured to be the founder and CEO of a not-for-profit organisation 
founded in Dublin in 2005 called the Culinary Ability Wars, started his life as a competition for people with disabilities to take part at international events. So people with Down syndrome, people with intellectual disabilities, people with autism and physical disabilities. And we've went on to do some wonderful things and create some wonderful things. Our biggest accolade to date was we were the first team ever to represent disability at the Culinary Olympics in 120 years. Fantastic. Chris Sanford, I understood at least 75% of what you said Uh, over the course of the last 10 minutes. We'll definitely have you again. Thanks a million, Chris. Yes, sir. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And that's all we've time for today. Just to remind you, you can listen back to all the items from today's show on our podcast at rte.ie forward slash Brendan. 